All right, all right. This is more later. Thanks for listening. Coming back again. Uh, the reaction to the first episode was pretty good. We had some good, uh, a good number of listeners. You know, we Brian and I put this thing together, and we don't really know how it's going to go or who is actually going to listen. It's kind of a big commitment to ask people to give us an hour of their time, especially if we end up doing it twice a week and, you know, two hours of your time, that's, that's not nothing. So thanks for listening. Uh, and thanks for coming back, especially if you listened to the first episode and you liked it enough to listen again. Hopefully we've got you hooked now. Then, you know, the first one's free. Well, I mean, they're all going to be free now. So I guess it's not really like a drug dealer because they're all free. But anyway, um, the best way that you can support us right now as we get started is to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. That is, it helps other people notice us. It helps uh, iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you listen to this, pay attention to us a little bit more and maybe give us a little boost. And, you know, we need, we need listeners. We love the listeners that we have, but we need more of you. We always want more. So if you can subscribe and give us a a five-star review, you know, just if you're going to review us, just tell us the good things. We don't want to hear the bad things. We're self-conscious enough. We don't need you to tell us what we're doing wrong. Come on. You know, we're not pros here. We're just trying to figure it out. So cut us a break and leave us a good review and tell us, massage our egos a little bit, please. I mean, the whole thing's an ego trip anyway, right? Like, yeah, these people want to listen to us talk for an hour. Sure. So help us out. Come on. Don't leave us hanging. Anyway, this is uh, another episode that we recorded in Brian's Florida room. I guess we'll... I guess I don't have to tell you that every time. We're, we're always recording in his Florida room, unless we tell you differently, which, you know, we might at some point. But um, a couple of notes before you listen to this just because a couple of things won't necessarily be clear. We started recording this episode um, and before what you hear at the beginning of the episode here, Brian was playing a couple of songs on his phone. And I'm not really sure how copyright laws and licensing and all of that royalties and stuff like that work. So instead of playing the songs, keeping the songs in the podcast and playing them and figuring out that we owe like $2,000 for playing the songs, I just edited the songs out. So you miss the point that Brian was making at the beginning. But if you want to, you can hunt down the songs and listen to them on your own. He was playing a song called Shine On Me by Dan Auerbach from The Black Keys. Uh, it's a song I like a lot. I've It's it's relatively new. I think I, I, it came out last year, I think. And he was talking about, you know, what a catchy tune it was and whatever. And it's, it's really good. And then he played that after, after he played that, he went on and he played, he said, listen to this. And he played another song and it was come dancing by the kinks. And I know the kinks. I'm, you know, somewhat familiar with the kinks and, uh, I knew Come Dancing, but I had never compared Come Dancing to Shine On Me. And 
it's worth it to listen to those two songs on your own. Listen to Shine On Me by Dan Auerbach first. And you don't have to listen to the whole thing. I mean, you should listen to the whole thing. It's good. But you, you'll get the gist of it in the first 30 seconds. And then after that, listen to Come Dancing by the Kinks uh, for, you know, 30 or 45 seconds. And believe me, you'll see some, some compare. You'll, you'll see some uh, similarities. I, I'm the least musically knowledgeable person on the face of the earth, and even I can see some similarities. So that's the first thing I wanted to point out about this episode. Again, the other thing was um, later in the episode, in the, in the, I guess, second half of the episode, we talk about uh, Brian going to find some place to drink uh, that night. We, when we recorded this, he was later in the day, he was going to be leaving to go up to Grand Rapids, Michigan. We recorded on a Sunday. He was going up to Grand Rapids to get there um, in time for a, a training, a continuing education class that he had to do the following morning, the Monday morning. So he went up there Sunday night. And I don't think that we, I, I don't know if in the episode we actually said what town we were talking about. Um, but yes, we, uh, he went to Grand Rapids and, uh, we went, we went together to a Pearl Jam show in Grand Rapids in May of 2006, which at the time, and maybe for me still was, were the best seats that we ever had at a Pearl Jam show, like sixth row. Um, we might've, I might've had better seats when I went to see them in, Omaha? No, Lincoln, Nebraska in 2014. But it, that doesn't matter. Who cares? Anyway, uh, this is me and Brian uh, again from his Florida room. Thanks for listening. You're not going to exactly create a new sound. But that Dan Arbach song is so catchy. Yeah. Is it... Do I find it so catchy because I love that kink song though? I mean, yeah, but I mean, I was I was looking at um, you know trying to figure out a theme song for this thing mm-hmm. and using GarageBand. And at, last night I spent like an hour watching this um, kind of video tutorial about how to create just a basic track on GarageBand. And mm-hmm. like, I know nothing about music. Like right. I have to think about the most, like the difference between like melody and harmony mm-hmm. and like tempo and like I know nothing. And they were just talking about, um, but then is it, so as I was looking at GarageBand and it's so simple, they make it so simple and they lay it out so, I guess clearly, but it, it it's almost like mathematical, the way that the notes are arranged and even the way that this guy was talking about <coughs> the notes. Right. And it makes me wonder if there's like an actual mathematical like thing that appeals to our brains that is even beyond art. It's like an ingrained like scientific thing. Well, and that's where music, uh, uh, music theory comes in. Right. Because everything is within an octave, these eight notes, and they change to or uh, or resolve back to a certain progression i mean right like a uh like a take like c major your one chord mm-hmm. is c 
and then your four, five, or your F and G, like four has to resolve to five or back to one. And it can't okay. go back to Q because it just sounds fucked up, but that is mathematic. It's right. mathematical. But I mean, it's funny that you mentioned that because it's these programs that like kind of kill rock. Right. Like the reason why there's feel, do you ever hear like current music or 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 like bands like Nickelback they have that same sound like like all those bands have had that have that same type of sound mm -hmm. um, and it's because of these programs like beat detective auto tune they it makes it too exact they, it make yeah yeah there's no more time there's time changes but not within the plane right okay so take a song like um uh roxanne mm -hmm. by the police there's they're they're actually playing that shit in the studio and when you count the like beats per measure there's variation from chorus to chorus right there's very and, and it's because it's human mm -hmm. once you take that out right once you make it perfect it loses that feel and that feel is what fucking music is right right I mean, well this guy in the video last night was you know he'd lay out the it shows like the notes that you're playing or whatever as little lines on the bar mm -hmm. and he would be playing and something would go just like a little bit too far and run into the next one or whatever and he would just shorten those up right and he's like you know i want him to snap to the grid okay right. well that's great and maybe it quote sounds better mm -hmm. but it also is less you don't authentic want, right, you know right, right. Like, you in reality i mean it's just you don't want that. That's what makes a song a song, actually. Right, and that's the difference between like, or that's what makes a live performance <laughs> worth listening to, is that even if they try to play the live song exactly how it sounds on the CD, mm -hmm. it's not going to sound like it does on the CD because right. it's going to be a little bit off, mm -hmm. you know? Right. Because you can't duplicate that exact sound exactly. It's a different room, right. it's a different time, it's a different... You know, the musicians have changed, have evolved, mm -hmm. even if it's just over the f a few months or years or whatever. So, Bands, yeah. Bands, like, they might do this still, I don't know it, but bands would record a song and then not like the tempo and on the tape track, speed it up. Right, and then when you hear it live, that's one of the reasons why it so sounds so off. Right, I mean, like classic rock bands, <laughs> up to grunge bands would do that often. Okay, you would hear it, and you're like, because when you speed it up, you're almost like kicking it up a half an octave, mm -hmm. 
quarter octave. So when I go to play it on a guitar and I'm like, dude, it's a fucking right chorus. Does it sound right? right. Well, it's because they sped it up. But right. when you play along to a live recording, it's perfect. I and and oh, I mean, yeah, because that's and, how they're actually, yeah. And it's just that's lost. I think that's. And not that it's, I mean, I think these are awesome because it gives so many people access to record. But yeah. then I also partly think that's why you're seeing um, more laziness in the live half of it because they can't do it live. Right. Yeah. I mean, they literally can't fucking play it. Right. Billy Eilish is. I've heard that name. I have no idea who she is. It's, it's a <laughs> I mean, 17, 18. It's, it makes me feel like an old man. Like right. it's completely out of my realm so of recognition. Start, Abby is really into her with like millions of other teens, but she's like 17, 18 years old. And I first, I, I read this app called consequence of mm -hmm. sound has all what so that's what kind of keeps me into life kind of newer music because i'll read it i'm like the fuck is this and i'll head on youtube and she does interesting shit it's not original they want to make you think it is right. but she relies on a lot of video imagery kind of a watered down Marilyn Manson, a lot of like um, good evil images, a lot of eye rolling where the whites, it'll just, just right, like, yeah. But when you watch her on the Jimmy, on Jimmy Fallon or Ellen or the VMAs, or say, I have not heard her sing. Oh. It's all recorded. Yeah. And I. She was on Howard Stern a month ago or a couple months ago. I'm not convinced that that wasn't pre-recorded. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm not convinced. Like, because it's, and I know this chick can sing. I'm like, but can she sing how she sounds on right, the radio? Right. And, how and the answer is no, right. because she has this way of singing where it's, and and. Uh, and she runs around a lot also. Mm -hmm. And uh, she sings in a soft way. There's no way you can pull that off. Right. There's yeah. no way. So yeah. you don't know, like, and, and I, I will never, like, bash that totally because that has always been a huge part of entertainment. Right. Mm -hmm. The show of it. Yeah. And actually, some... Bands have kind of lost that type of, sh of show. Yeah. That was a big part of Marley Crew, the, the show right. and the music. Yeah. But they're like, I hate for young people to think that that's how music, that is the only way music is made or that's how it should be. Right. Yeah. That's. I think that it and, and it's just it, I guess it's the same way of like you know you know a kid can operate a computer but he 
can't hook up a hose. <laughs> right. I mean, it's right. Uh, but you know, from the from the from the you know beneficial or optimistic perspective, I guess it gives programs like GarageBand give access to people give people access to things that they can't otherwise do. Yeah. Like they might not be able, they might not sit down and take the time to learn a guitar mm -hmm. and learn the drums or learn whatever. Right. And they might never take the time to do that, mm -hmm. but they would take the time to sit down and figure out how to right. do it on the computer. The consequence of that is you end up with a lot of crap, but you also end up with some decent stuff, yeah. some good stuff. Right. But I mean, what we're doing right now is kind of the same thing. Because the only reason we're doing this is because it's easy. Right. You know, if we had to jump through a bunch of hoops to do this, we probably wouldn't do it. And we can put it up and, like, try to get people to listen relatively easily, you mm -hmm. know. But, and maybe this is crap, and maybe it's going to be great, but tons of people have done podcasts that are absolute crap, and the only reason they do it is because ease of access, you right. know. But you also have people who have done it because of ease of access ease of access that have produced something great so you can you know you take the good with the bad right. but to your point about the show versus the music it's almost two different things i mean there's the show and then there's the music and kind of the bands it's almost most impressive the bands that can put the two together the hardest is to combine Right. Like, I hate YouTube. I've never liked, I've never been into YouTube. Mm -hmm. Hate is a strong word. I've never been into YouTube. I always change them when they come on the radio. Mm -hmm. But they have good music, I guess. Mm -hmm. And their shows are always kind of legendary, I right. guess. But it just isn't my thing. But, you know, it's not like right. they're just all show and nothing to right. support it. You know, I they mean, were originally a huge music band. There's another band that you don't like that was able to combine and i'm not a huge fan either pink floyd oh yeah i mean that was a big right yeah yeah i mean where there were theatrics their visuals pink floyd like just that. makes me feel like i'm swimming in molasses like it it, it just feels like such effort to listen to them. yeah like yeah. It, and it shouldn't feel like i mean i'm all for attentive listening and like you know things like that but yeah. like it feels like I gain weight when I listen to people. I, I think there's like something to be said because if, I mean, although legends are true and they didn't necessarily start off like this, but if they were um, doing a lot of drugs while making that music, maybe us being on drugs accesses that listening part that that would make that music so i have to take drugs good. to appreciate pink floyd is what you gotta start dropping <laughs> well i'm sure roger waters loses a lot of sleep at night that i'm not a fan of right this. right yeah but I, I i mean i don't i don't know i i guess you know garage band I appreciate it. I've never used it. I still don't understand how it works. And it still takes some knowledge and talent to be able to put it together. Maybe not as much as it does yeah. to act do actual instrument music. Right. But and it Yeah. There's 
<laughs> I can tell you have. No, 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 no. <laughs> that, that reminds me, you, because you're getting good at repetition on the computer, because it mm-hmm. reminds me of when I hear old people tell me, my grandson is so smart, he can operate that computer like, and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to burst your bubble, but if you, <laughs> you, you do a pattern over and over again, right. you're going to memorize it, yeah. especially at that age. Yeah. That has operation of computers has nothing to do with intelligence right. level and creativity, and that's what I think part of that, it's kind of a, I, yeah, I mean, it's good and it's not good. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's like not, not good for uh, from the well, I like you said, there are pros and cons. Yeah, I mean, I guess the cons is, I mean, it just kills instruments, I guess. I mean, yeah, I mean, and that's, I mean, it seems hard to believe that instruments that are like you know, thousands of year, years old can die because I'm sure. I'm sure some lute player in 1775, you know, thought like, man, that shit from the 1400s, this is a, <laughs> fuck yeah, that. Right. I mean, it just doesn't yeah. sound good. Yeah. But the lute was, you know, relevant still. Right. So are you pushing for a lute comeback? Is that what this I, is? It just popped into my head, I think, for Christmas. I'm going to buy myself a lute. I don't need, what, is that a... A wind instrument? I don't even know what a no, lute it's, is. It's like a guitar. It is. Sort of, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, no, actually, hang on. Hang on. I might be. I'm thinking of a flute. Getting confused between a lute and a lyre. A what? Lyre? Yeah. Or lyre. No, lutes are. Yeah. Okay, lutes are strings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well. Yes. So it's like that. Oh, okay. So. That's like, uh, that's like what every, that's, that's from like Moana, right? That Disney movie? Yeah, Lear is like a small harp. Story. Yeah, a small harp. So. Okay. But right. yeah, I mean, I don't know. I it's listen- like, it's interesting to think about because I always bitch about how everything sounds the same. These bands, I've changed like how there is... No band out there that's that sucks. I mean, when people say, "Yeah, no, they suck." No, you don't like them. They don't. Right. They don't. Um, they don't arouse your brain. That's right. All. They yeah. don't suck. They just—they're not your musical wheelhouse. Right. But you no, know, I—I think it's uh, so. Every band has talent. It's just like where, where are they finding that talent? Are they finding it on the computer? Right. Well, I I also <laughs> I heard this um, on this podcast the other day. They were talking about some study. I didn't look up the study. I should I should look it up before I bring it up. But anyway, some study found that they tried to do a scientific application evaluation of like thousands of songs to find like the perfect pop song Mm -hmm. and they concluded that because of the structure or something 
that Ubla Dee Ubla Da by the Beatles was the perfect pop song. Yeah. Quite possibly could be. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It doesn't surprise me that it would be a Beatles song. Right. But I don't, like, I I guess it depends on what you're, like, how you evaluate that. They did (coughs) some, quote, scientific way. I I don't know about, you know. But as far as, like, sticking in your head or appreciation, like, I'm sure there's very few people that have ever listened to that song and not liked it. Right. And if that's, you know, a pop song, popular song, then Mm -hmm. that kind of makes sense. But, I mean, you could, you know, has anybody ever not liked A Hard Day's Night or Elvis's version of Hound Dog or Can't Touch This? You know, I listened, I was in the grocery store the other day. No, it was in Old Navy. Mm. Again, it made me feel like an old man because maybe it's just past, maybe I'm just past my prime on this stuff. But somebody had done like a re-recording of Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice, but it wasn't the entire song. It was just the Ice Ice Baby part. Okay. Over and over again, like <laughs> did it go? <laughs> ding, 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 <laughs> ding. <laughs> under pressure. Yeah, I mean, so it just and it just drove me crazy because, like, at first, I think part of it is that I just get mad at myself did because it fool I think, yeah, it, okay. fooled, it fooled me, and then like I'm like part of me got excited about it, you right. know? And I'm like, all right, this is cool. And then it was just the same thing. Ice, ice, babe. Like, come on, there's more to it than that. Was it a Christmas song? I don't think so. I mean... Santa I wasn't singing it. or But yeah, I mean, at the time of year, I guess... Right. I guess that... I don't... Like damn, if it, I don't know. Like if uh, they just used the, the ice, ice, baby part. Yeah. Maybe I should do more research before I start recording these things so I can talk more intelligently about them. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, when I walked in, I noticed your Patagonia hat right away. Yes. And are you a Patagonia devotee? I love Patagonia, patagonia.com. <laughs> Actually, I just like this hat and how it fits on okay. my head. I mean, I, I actually didn't know. I buy like, um, Columbia. Uh huh. I know you're you're Columbia, and, and that, so you're the reason I bought a Columbia. You're actually I'm wearing a Columbia yeah. so sweatshirt right now. One day I saw Patagonia. I hadn't heard of it, and I these hats were cheap, and I like having a hat on a Sunday morning to just pop on and run errands right so i it really just fits my it fits head well. okay <laughs> well i i listened i listened to an interview with the guy that started patagonia okay and he just wanted like he's a real like like kind of down-to-earth guy and whatever and mm-hmm. i think he still owns the company okay but he like if that hat ever wears out you can send it back to patagonia and they'll send you a new one really yeah all of their stuff comes with a lifetime guarantee. And that's why, like, I don't know if you remember what you paid for that, but, like, that's why the stuff is a little bit pricier because they want it to be high quality. But they also want you to know that, like, once you buy it, it's yours. So, like, even if you just have a T-shirt 
and you get like you know a hole in it yeah, or it like wears out or something, yeah. you can send it back and I get mean, a new one. Because their sweaters are like markedly higher than right. like yeah. North Face, and right? I, and I always wonder like, eh, is that really worth it? But right. I mean, do they? Does he know that they? put their stuff on clearance because I pay like 10 bucks for this. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I think the original price is like 30 bucks right. or something. Yeah. I mean, I $30 for a fucking trucker hat. Right. Yeah. I I do like the the like spirit behind that mm. and the like, you know, we want to make high quality stuff and not disposable stuff. I do like that idea. Right. Yeah. But when I mentioned this to somebody at work, mm-hmm. a student that came in, she said that like they have questionable like manufacturing processes and like maybe they don't extend that like worldview towards your manufacturing, which like ideally everybody buys, you know, fair trade stuff that's right. but like supposedly does you know, they use like cheap labor in Bangladesh or something. Well, so sure I don't I don't know. And like it's not gonna it's you yeah, know right. it's not going to keep me from buying it if I was otherwise going to buy it, right. and I think that every company has its own like, like to make money you have to save money somewhere. You have to be economical somewhere, you know. And I mean, if it costs a bowl of rice a day, no, <laughs> right? The almighty dollar wins. <laughs> no, you know, yeah, because, no. I mean, like people are in business. Not for charity, but to right. make money. I mean, that's, you know. It sounds kind of, I don't know, heartless or whatever. But, like, when you watch Shark Tank, mm-hmm. their first question, and somebody's manufacturing something. Right. Their first question is, like, how much is this costing you? Right. And if, like, they're making it in America, right. you know, well, why aren't you going to China to get it done cheaper? Because, right. like, the purpose is to make money. Right. And... But it's just ironic that, like, you know, we acknowledge that, that the purpose is to make money and we and we want a high standard of living for our people, which we get off of manufacturing things in China and buying them cheaply. But we also say we want made in America, which is going to make things more expensive, which is going to make them, you know, right. mean that we can buy less of them. My, my ultra prime example of this is American Girl. Okay. So by my discussion the, by my discussion here, I'm gonna make dolls? sure. Yeah, I'm okay. gonna make sure that American Girl is never a sponsor of ours because I'm gonna badmouth them a, a little bit here. But Emily, my oldest daughter, who's now 22, was really into American Girl dolls, and lots of kids are into American Girl okay. dolls, and I think it's awesome. They they have like they have that shop in Chicago. They have a shop in Chicago. Eat, like, yeah, you, you, yeah. Okay. You can bring your doll to eat lunch. It's like you can bring your dolls in to get like their hair done. It's it's awesome. I okay. mean, it's no surprise at all that the girls are like super into it, and mm-hmm. like you can buy. They all have backstories, and there's books that come with it, and. Um, clothes that come with it. And they like, like hot Cabbage Patch all kids? All sort of... Yeah, they're like Cabbage Patch right. kids that have like kept up the like, right. you know, the like trend for years. They're, they're, <laughs> they were super popular. I think they are still super popular. I don't think Cabbage Patch kids ever had their own store. You know, you just bought them at Venture or something. You know, right. American Girl has their own store. Right. My problem with the American Girl stuff is it's ultra expensive 
and they're capitalizing on the concept of American girl. Every girl, every doll has like this American backstory. Like she was a revolutionary or she, you know, was a lemonade carrier in the World War One for the American forces or something okay. like that. You know, all of these ultra American storylines. Okay. But then all their crap is made in China. Right. And it just drives me crazy. Like you're charging like a hundred dollars for a doll. That's America. I guess. I mean, it's it's hucksterism, basically, is what it is. I mean, you know, America is built on hucksterism, basically, like buy this, buy this, buy this and ignore the way that we're cutting corners to, you know, make a profit. But just the fact that they have American in the name and it's so much of their brand and they're not making it in America while people are paying a premium for the brand. Like you could people are paying a premium, you could make it here too and, you know, get some of those people who were, you know, supporting you, put something back. I don't know. Like, I always wonder how, I mean, okay, I have no facts on this, but like by watching... I love talking with no facts. I do it all the time. (laughs) So, I mean, these American Girl dolls probably cost-wise... They're what a hundred bucks. I each? think so. I mean, there's different there's different levels of and them I too. Mean, I don't to make them. They cost like four to eight dollars. Yeah, maybe right. Would you get more people if if it cost twelve dollars? Right to make here, and would more people be supportive because it actually is made? made I don't. Here? I don't think most people even know that it's not made here. Oh. That would be interesting to know, like, what percentage of people who buy American Girl dolls realize that they're not American-made dolls. Right. They're American girls right. made in China. Or, I mean, do people even care? Really? Right. I, I mean, like... Right. And, like, you know, when we were buying that stuff for Emily, I didn't care. I right. mean, I actually, I didn't buy most of it. Her right. relatives bought it. But, like, most people I don't think are going are probably going to care. I think they're going to be surprised, right. but I don't know if they'll necessarily care. And maybe that's what American Girl has found out, that they don't care. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Do you think we're desensitized to where shit's made and, like, how shitty products are? I mean... How shitty products are? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, like, nothing is really, like, what's really made with quality that's right. I mean, the, the whole idea of a disp- of the disposable economy, basically, right. you know, and, um, you know, I, even, even something like, I've been thinking about straws a lot lately, because like, I have this Diet Coke addiction that I go to McDonald's like at least once a day, sometimes two or three times a day for a Diet Coke. It's ridiculous. I'm okay. sure I can't imagine the chemicals that are building up in my body from drinking this much Diet Coke. Right. But McDonald's Diet Coke legitimately is better than all other Diet Coke. I'm not sure what they do. Eat at McDonald's. <laughs> Actually, I don't, so it's okay. <laughs> but McDonald's Diet Coke is legitimately better. And I, so like two or three times a day, I'm going in and getting the plastic cup, the plastic lid, the plastic straws, not reusing any of it. I often wonder like, what would they do if I came in with a plastic cup that I got like three hours earlier? I mean, I woke up at six o'clock this morning, showered. I was at McDonald's at 7.15 getting a Diet Coke. Did you wake up thinking of the Diet Coke? 
I don't wake up thinking of it because I don't, I mean, do you wake up and think I'm alive? No, well, it's I mean, just, just a part of you. kind of like alcoholism. If yeah, you it, wake it, up it, thinking about it, then it, you're an alcoholic. I, I don't, yeah, it's beyond that. Yeah. I'm not even thinking about it. It's just a part, like on some days I'm proud of myself because I quote, I skip the Diet right. Coke and get water instead. Right. And then by the time I'm at work, I'm like, why did I do this? <laughs> I need that Diet Coke. So, you know, I make fun of the people sitting in the Starbucks line for 15 minutes for, a, right. you know, although I will say I never go through the drive-thru. I always park and I go inside to get it. Okay. If I, I'll lie and say it's because the line is quicker inside. And that's mostly the reason why I do it. Or that's part of the reason why I do it. But the major reason why I do it is so I can control the amount of ice and the amount of Diet Coke that I get. Because I don't want them to fill up half the cup with ice, but I don't want no ice. <laughs> do, you, do you remember when we went to Chicago back in high school? Maybe we were 17, 18 years old. And we went to that McDonald's. We went there a few times. Do you remember the sign in the back that was like obvious? It says, told the employees, add more ice, not pop. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I don't remember yeah, that. Yeah. So, I mean, even back then. So, see, I'm not paranoid. <laughs> no, they really are out to get me. No, and, and I know people that will order like pop no ice in order to get more pop i don't want that though because yeah. i do like the ice like the there's a mcdonald's in saint john which is like 10 miles south of here mm -hmm. and i if i'm within like a two or three mile radius of that mcdonald's i'm going to that saint john's mcdonald's right. because they have crushed ice okay and I you will go to get the ice. Yes, I have an ice preference with my Diet Coke. So, and Coming I was around to my side. I was so disappointed when my local McDonald's got a new ice machine, mm -hmm. and it was just the regular ice and not the crushed right. ice. First of all, they redid the inside of the McDonald's. They spent like I don't know fifty thousand dollars redoing the inside of the McDonald's and right. left the same old ice machine they had that was a piece of crap. Right. Then, like six months later, oh, we need to need a new ice machine. So I was like for weeks, fingers crossed, like crushed ice, crushed ice, crushed ice. No crushed ice, just the regular ice yeah. machine. But I mean, I still go there. So ice is huge. So yeah. And so ice preferences. Go ahead. So. Let me actually, so one thing I will use this podcast for as a legit advertisement, because I don't think it's out there, is Lang Ice. Lang Ice <laughs> made in Hammond is the best ice that you can purchase at a grocery store or gas station. There is a, um, there Competition is home city ice, and it's it's I call it home shitty ice because it is the it's basically it's another ice advertiser chips. we're not going to get. Yeah, <laughs> fuck home city ice. If you listeners want good ice that melts equally in your pop iced tea water, rush to buy Lang Ice, and you're probably only going to find it at Strax. Because I have yet to find, or or you can head to Lang Ice and Hammond, right? The actual the, facility, yes. And fill they a bag have a twenty-four hour 
a dispenser, you might have to bring a garbage can because <laughs> I have no idea how much ice comes out, but it is worth it because ice is huge. <laughs> there you go. Now, now if you're... And I'm going to talk about laying ice until they start hooking us up. They don't even have to hook us up. I'm just saying my... Uh, Goal is to get everybody to know that that Lang Ice is out there. You do not have to be a slave to Home City Ice. <laughs> Treat yourself. There's better ice out there. Yes, that's great. Um, well, back to the disposable economy thing. Mm-hmm. So with the straws, I feel bad because like there was this months ago. They were, I heard a lot a month uh, months ago about like trying to get rid of straws and huge, like, you yeah, know, like you know every straw that's ever made Bars still exists right. and whatever right, and, right. which i know isn't true because i've thrown straws into fire pits before so there at least <laughs> some of my straws i know don't exist but maybe everybody else's still do and like i obviously it's a problem and it's a problem that i could fix my small part in mm-hmm. and i even went on amazon and bought a silicone straw a reusable straw okay with the intent of like using that every day and then uh-huh. cleaning it right and like i even went so far as to say well even if this just sits in my cup holder in my car for a day like i'm willing to ingest whatever germs it gets from the cup holder of my car right and to help the earth right well <laughs> the I was willing to do that, but the thing I wasn't willing to do was to endure a non-firm, a non-rigid straw because a silicone straw bends too much. So when I tried to put it through the top of the McDonald's cup, it wouldn't go through. Right. That's just not acceptable. <laughs> well, God I forbid mean, I have to force it a little bit. I can, I can offer help. I can give you a metal straw. See... I thought about trying to get the metal straws, mm-hmm. but I worry that like I'm gonna damage my teeth or like I'm gonna like like I I don't know I I oh like oh, the like when I bring excellent. it up to my because yeah. like I'm I'm ninety percent of I the time thought about that ninety percent of the time I'm drinking my McDonald's Diet Coke while I'm driving like right. I get it before I commute to work so right. that morning one is always you know seventy five percent of that is right. driving to work. And I'm afraid that I'm going to like, you know, pick it up to take a drink right. and then hit a pothole and like chip a tooth or something. Right. Which, I, I mean, I don't, I, you know, I don't know how rigid these straws are. Maybe it's not really a concern to have. I don't know. Yeah. And then like there's the, <clears throat> some things just have to be disposable. Like, <coughs> like we used, um. Uh, reusable diapers like the first three kids we used disposable diapers and then for the last kid we did the reusable ones and it was fine like you get into the the like rhythm of it and mm-hmm. like it's no big deal reusable diapers you can do but I've seen people who like I've seen advertised I don't know anybody who's ever used these if you've used them let us know I'm really interested to see how it goes but like reusable toilet paper where you just like they're basically just like small cloths that instead of hand? <laughs> no, <they> instead 
<laughs> that you wipe with and then like throw in a bin next to the toilet and then you wash those and then you fold. I mean, it's basically right a towel. Yeah, you don't wash them right away. You throw them into the bin right away. And then like when the bin's full, you wash them all. That is unacceptable. See, that to me, I I feel the same. Like I'm never going to do that. I'm, I'm just not. Even though toilet paper to me is one of the most wasteful products on earth. Like if you think about how much you're actually using Right. The port, like most of the toilet paper is buffer. <laughs> you know, so, right. so you're not getting anything on your hands or whatever. Right. So the actual like square inch percentage of the toilet paper that you're using is minuscule. So you could mitigate that by using this reusable toilet paper cloths, essentially. Right. But I'm not going to. No. And straws are like the same thing. Like I mean, that's gotta get messy. It can, I'm sure. And but and like diapers were messy too, but we I still use wipes, right. you know, like throwaway wipes. But I I don't I mean, but like with the straws, mm -hmm. my other problem with reusable straws is that you can't clean the inside of a straw very easily. Like even if you like get one of those straw cleaners and you're like using you know a rough straw brush or something like. It seems like there's still, it just seems like it's a ripe environment for some disgusting stuff to grow in. And if I take a drink out of my Diet Coke and I taste mold, like you should see how angry I get when I take a drink and it's a regular Coke. <laughs> like if I take a drink and it's diet and it's moldy Diet Coke. Yeah. Or the worst, even worse, is when I take a drink and I can't tell if it's diet or regular because right. I fooled myself. Right. And oh man. Well, I think well, I mean the straw brush should be good as long as you're washing it the correct way. Or isn't isn't that what dishwashers are so good because of the high heat rather? Right, but it, with, like with dishwashers, I always wonder if like the water can get up in the straw right you know like maybe the heat is killing everything so like i would wash. i think i what i would do is i would wash a straw the same way i wash like like my daughter's narrow water bottle like you know put soap in it dump soap directly into it and then just like yeah. flush the hell out of it with water right which is canceling out any environmental benefit i get because i'm using two gallons of water to wash the damn thing right you know? that's what i always think about like peanut butter jars like I, I want to recycle the peanut butter jar but it takes five gallons of water to get the peanut butter jar yeah i mean you're butter. yeah i mean i don't there's just not a perfect way to do everything and no. unless we went back to like eating nuts and berries that, Right. Exclusively. Yeah. Yeah. And also maybe, I mean, maybe it is a different, maybe it is a different issue about disposable out of necessity versus disposable right. just because it's easier to manufacture and throw away. You know? Right. Well, I mean, I guess when our governments um, stop poisoning our water, I mean, I'll put more of an effort into it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. How about we just reinstitute the Clean Water Act to right. full effect yeah. and stop letting right. companies pollute right. into the water? Yeah. Don't tell me to uh, buy fluorescent light bulbs while you're literally pouring chemicals into the water supply right. and telling me it's okay to drink. Right. So yeah, I don't right. Worry about it. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Did you find a place to drink tonight? Yeah, a few. I'm so there's um, some cocktail bars I'm looking at and 
maybe a brewery or two. I'll probably just Uber. Um, but there, I mean, it's Sunday in Michigan. So, yeah. So a few of the bars I want to head to are either not open or they close at like eight o'clock. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I compiled a list of possible options. There's the bar I'm most interested in. It, it's a whiskey bar and it's open till. 2 a.m. I mean, not that I'll be out at right. 2 a.m. because my class is at 8 o'clock. So, so you've got to rein it in a little bit yeah. at least. Yeah. That's cool. Always cool to go to a new city and find find stuff to do. You ever been there? I was there for a Pearl Jam concert in 2006. Well, oh, shit. Well. <laughs> But no, I never, I've never, we were, I, yeah. I hear, I heard it's really awesome. Yeah, it's an excellent weekend. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, there's tons of, um, uh, if my statistics are correct, they have the most breweries, breweries per capita or something. Yeah. Per capita. They've, they've got like 80, 80 breweries or Holy something. Holy shit. Or, and uh, a lot of cool cocktail bars and restaurants. I mean, it's a cool place. And I mean, the, they have um, awesome museums, and it was once the hub of uh, furniture. Yeah, I know that. So, yeah. So, yeah. It's also, my mom and I went up there for the day one time to go to the Gerald Ford Presidential Museum. Okay. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. I, yeah. You've been up there. Yeah. 2006. Shit. I just listened to the, um, to Yellow Ledbetter from that show. In 2006, I was in the car the other day, and I was like, "I want Yellow Light better." Did they play it at Grand Rapids? And I looked it up, and <coughs> sure enough, they did. I should go back and listen to that show again. Row six, man, that was awesome. It was great. Is that your is that your best Pearl Jam show or no? I don't know. It's hard to say. Hard I to mean, say, I mean, man. it's up there in the top ten. Top ten. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you've been to what fifty something, fifty-three or 53. something. Yeah, you're not going to Europe, are you? So irritating. Yeah. You know, I get this email tour, and like, yeah. Oh shit! Right. And they open it, and they're fucking Europe. Which, yeah. I mean, I don't better know. than nothing, but it is. It, it is. I mean, at least you know they're not disbanding. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, I mean, I'm. Uh, I'm at the point now. I fucking need some new music. Yeah, I'm kind of don't. Right, care. they've been touring on the other yeah. stuff for long enough. Like, give us something new. And and I mean, they're like not really doing a lot off that last album. Right. I mean, yeah. it would be one thing to hear like um, uh, what's it. Dude, did you forget a Pearl Jam title? Song one off Lightning Bolt. Getaway. Getaway, yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we heard that more more often, yeah. Like, yeah, but I like Let the Records Play. Yeah. Sleeping by myself. Both of those are awesome. Mm. All right. Um This is another thing that's probably going to alienate maybe some listeners, because I know we're gonna have at least one listener that has this and if you can explain to me a good reason why you do this, then I'm all ears. But I don't think there's a good reason for it other than just incredible self-importance. This idea of 
adding the term Esquire to the end of your name. <laughs> so, so is that for lawyers only? I, I, I don't know if it's only for lawyers, if it's like actually tied to like a law degree or the practice of law or something, or if it's just that lawyers have such an ego that they want to, because they, they're not like, you know, doctor, whatever. They're just like, Whoever, so right. they add the es- like Perry Mason Esquire, you know, right? Or, or Ted Theodore Logan Esquire from Bill and Ted's, right? And that that wasn't a lawyer. That's exactly, but it, that and that's what I have in my notes here is I can't think of hearing Esquire except and and not think of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I can't for the life of me remember if it was Bill or Ted. I I mean I know it wasn't Keanu Reeves, it was the other guy. And I thought that was Bill. Is that Ted? Isn't it like Theodore Preston Logan Esquire? I don't know. It's I don't know. What whatever. Answer. But like I Ted S. Preston. I, I saw I I saw this on a I think I saw this on a billboard in Chicago the other day and it just drives me crazy. Like it's such a self-important thing to say. Like nobody nobody like bestows the honor of Esquire upon you. You bestow it upon yourself. Right. So it's basically saying like, you know, look at me, I'm important, or I've done this thing that makes me important. Or I've done this thing that makes me think that I'm important, <laughs> not even that I am important, you know? So, so will you not like me as uh, much if I add chairman of the board to the end of my name? <laughs> you can be chairman of the board. That's awesome. No, but like chairman, <laughs> chairman of what board? The like, board. The board. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Like Frank Sinatra? Did Frank Sinatra have that? Yeah. Frank Sinatra, chairman of the board. Although I will say, one of the, here here's a little cross branding on from Brett Baker, uh, the series that I write, the Mia Mathis series. She she works for a secret organization called the Summit, which I stole from the Rat Pack. They Frank Sinatra didn't like the name Rat Pack. He wanted them to be called the Summit. Or, okay. or the clan. <laughs> did he really want? Yeah, he likes, oh, shit. He likes he the clan, but like, not. I don't think he meant it like that. You know, he liked the summit or the clan. And I, I, I mean, I wasn't gonna steal the clan. But <laughs> like, the summit. Okay, I'll, I'll steal that. Did, did somebody talk him out of it? <laughs> Probably Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> he was like, look, I don't think we should call ourselves the clan. <laughs> well, well, why? It sounds so sophisticated. <laughs> Holy sh... That's, that's just bad. Yeah. Well, I mean... And it's not like... I mean, this is back in like, you know, the you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, mm-hmm. 70s. Like he should have known. Like the clan was around then, <laughs> right, <laughs> like right. the the clan, the you know. So I, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> so who did the media make up Rat Pack? I think it was a media yeah. thing. Yeah. It was like no, no, I don't like that. Right, and and like, I, I don't know if it was like, you know, you don't want to be associated with 
rats either, right. I guess. But I mean, yeah, if, I if mean, you have to just... choose between rats and a bunch of like racist <laughs> yeah. dudes in white hoods, like They're choose the rats. Yeah, going rat pack, I guess. Um, wh- that would be interesting to see what connotation rat pack had back then. Right, like it had to have had some meaning. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And I mean, maybe he's from what, like New Jersey? What's the name of he? uh, Hoboken. Hoboken. I think that is it. Okay, I was totally joking, but no, I think it is it. Some some like quintessential New Jersey town, and I think it might be Hoboken. Um, I'll look it up while I talk. But um, and I wonder if like the the term Rat Pack had some kind of like negative connotation from like. You know, if he was like brought up poor or something, you know, and rats, and I don't know if if he had just you know some kind of negative childhood association with it or something, but um, the the summit and the clan never <laughs> never took off, <laughs> probably. Oh, thankfully. that's awesome. Um, let's see, yeah, Hoboken. The, the city's favorite son, Frank Sinatra. W- way to go. Hey, man, I'm on top of it. I guess. Frank Sinatra. You and I were together when Frank Sinatra died. Do you remember where we were when Frank Sinatra died? <clears throat> Late 90s? Late 90s. Yep. We were... East Troy, Wisconsin? Nope. No. Nope. That was June of 98. This was May of 98. We had gone to the Smoky Mountains. Okay. Or no, March. Was it May or March? I think it was May. We went. Yeah, May. We went to the Smoky Mountains. We left early. We went back to Cincinnati. Yeah. And he died when we were in Cincinnati, like May 14th or 16th or something in in Cincinnati. That's where we were. Um. Uh, it was, I don't know why I remember this, but it was also like the day after or the day before or something, the Seinfeld series finale. Yes. It was around the same time. Yes, because we actually uh, t- talked about that and how we missed it. Because we were yeah. in the Smokies. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I plan to cover this in the first episode introduction which I will record as soon as we have a name for this podcast. We're recording this episode and we still, I don't know, we kind of have a name. But the fact that I'm dissatisfied with the name kind of tells me that we should keep talking about the name, but I don't know what your feelings are about that. We can right. figure it out. But we should address, like the basis of this podcast is that Brian and I have been friends for 30 years, since August of 1989, which is crazy to me because like if you look at like there are adults successful adults who have been alive less fewer years than you and i have been right you know and just like the the idea of three decades of uninterrupted friendship Mm -hmm. like we've had times where we haven't seen each other like when you were living in lake in the hills Mm -hmm. and we've had times like when we haven't talked 
but never did it ever seem like our friendship was dormant. Right. Or, you know, and we've never had any expectations of right. each other, I guess. Or any, any like... Any problems. Yeah. Like, I, I was thinking the other day, like, we may have become annoyed with each other a couple of times, but I can't even remember them. I will... Do you remember any? Just one, okay. actually. And we were playing basketball at IU. Okay. And I am not very skilled in basketball. I'm is, even less skilled. Which is why I don't play it at <laughs> right, all. Right. Uh, I watch the uh, the NCAA tournament and some games throughout the year. And but yeah. So I'm going to use this term lightly. You threw a pick on me, and I like totally. You totally knocked me over, and okay. and I was like, "What the fuck, asshole!" And okay. I, I don't even remember that. That was that it. was it. It, it yeah. was like, "What the fuck, asshole!" And yeah. and then it was fine. <laughs> yeah. Well the, well, the only other thing similar to that that I remember is playing. We were playing like football on the high school tennis courts mm -hmm. with. Um, one of those small, like, Aerobee footballs or something? Oh, or, uh, oh the, the Nerf Torpedo. Yeah, the Torpedo yeah. football. And, like, I thought that I had to throw it as hard as I could every time, which, uh -huh. like, you don't want to do with one of those right. footballs because they're hard enough to catch. Right. And I was throwing it to you, and I threw it, like, super hard. Uh -huh. And it, like, wasn't even a good throw. And you're like, you don't have to throw it so hard. And I was like, I, he's, he's kind of right. Like, I don't have to throw it that hard every time. Right. And I remember thinking that, like, you were annoyed. Mm -hmm. But, like, that's stupid shit. Right. Like, that nobody cares about, and, you know. And, I mean, I think that's, like, especially anybody that knows me. I mean, I, well, I mean, I, you know, I've changed. But back then, I mean, I think I was pretty intense and I could get probably irritating because I was hyper. So, I mean, there's a lot to be said with that for, for, for not getting irritated with me too much. I will say, going back to those days, we would play tennis a lot. Mm -hmm. And at one point, you used to always say... I. I forget how it came up, but like the old saying of like, it's not win or lose, it's how you play the game. No. <laughs> Your addendum at the end of that, it's not win or lose. Whoever said, it's not win or lose, it's how you play the game, never won anything in their life. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> Which is fantastic. Right. Because like it, it really, it sums it up, like your feelings then. But like, now, like, you like golf, but you're not going to win anything. Oh, hell no. <laughs> you know? And, and you play to play. Right, right, right. And, I mean, it's one of those things where growing up, right? So, right. I mean, I... Yeah, everything once seems you, so important. Once you know that you suck at something yeah. and you will not get better, because really, I mean... Taking golf, you, I mean, it's a lot of mental and pass that. You have to do it over and over and over right. and over. And I just don't have the time. Right. So as long as I think I'm just going to suck, and the more I drink, the better I'll play. <laughs> I mean, it's fine then. 
and I'm not going to win um, the U.S. Open or Masters. So right. Who fucking cares? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's you know, there's something to be said for knowing your limitations and just enjoying right. getting out there. Mm-hmm. You know, because right. like for that and for like running. You know, I went right. yesterday and ran with my son Brian, who's 13. And we went to um, Centennial Park. Have you seen the... Um, <coughs> Centennial Park is this big park that was built on top of a garbage dump, basically. So there's a big hill there that's probably a couple hundred feet high, I guess. Of, uh, of garbage. Straws. Yeah, <laughs> right, of straws. <laughs> McDonald's straws. Um, but they... And it was just like a path that you climbed up the hill. Mm-hmm. But now they've put steps there so there's like you know i don't know how many steps 80 or 90 100 steps or whatever and um they just finished it recently so brian and i went and we ran up the steps yesterday a couple times and it was fun but like i feel you know i feel about running and doing that stuff the same way that you probably feel about i'm I'm never going to be great but it's fun to get out there and do it. Right. And even if I just have like the yeah. smallest, like incremental improvement, then that's something, right. you know, and really you're just always competing against yourself. Right. Cause like it competing against somebody else, like what's the point? Right. You know? Which is why, I mean, like I remember when you were really into running, I don't know, like 10 years ago and got me back into it i had always been you were the runner yeah and you were like i i don't know high school elite like yeah the like mm, for for track like the 200 in our school like the best in our school uh i don't know yeah what was your best 200 time like 22 6 or okay i mean that's but jeremy lewis that guy could fly okay well whatever but i mean still we you were, were you yeah. were in a huge school of 2500 students like you were probably the top one or two or three fastest people in the school so <laughs> i don't know back in, but you anyway, know looking at yeah. it in the al bundy perspective of like <laughs> i was great in high school Revisionist there you go history there you go but um well back to the running thing yeah i mean <clears throat> once we ran ringing in spring you would mm-hmm. ask me to run in 5ks after that and i mean i would at that because i was good at running and knew i probably would not reach that peak again i was like why do i want to race against people like i I don't know. I'm not going right. to prove myself now. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So, I, the moral of the story, whether I'm good at something or I was good at something, I'm still not going to be the best because I don't want to try. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, do you, I, yesterday getting out there and doing it on the steps and running a little bit with Brian, and it made me want to get back into running. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, usually when I run, it's in the winter, and I freeze my ass off, and then right. once it starts being warm, I stop. But ringing, I actually thought about ringing in spring, and I was like, maybe I'll start not training for it because mm-hmm. it's a five k. I don't know how much you know, 
you're reasonably fit. You don't have to train too much for a right. 5K, certainly not for four months. But right. like, maybe just start running again with the eye on doing a 5K. Or is your feeling still the same on that? Like, why am I doing a 5K? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like any competitive racing, I'm just like, why? I mean, my I, my feeling because I, I would have to tr- like, you don't really have to train for a 5K if you just want to run in it if you want to win right and and but i have like no expectation of winning because i'm going to be running against some like maybe 19. we should I'm maybe be, we should train to win i'm not training no, to fuck win. that i'm really not gonna do it <laughs> i say as i sip my beer here like you know some 19 year old stud is gonna win is gonna run like you know an 1830 or something and win it you right, know right or even sub that i don't know but like I think my best time ever was a 2436, which was like a 756 per mile, mm-hmm. something like that. Like, and that was in, I don't know, 2010 probably. Right. So I would like to go back just because it's been 10 years. It'll be 10 years. And like 10 years older, can I get a better time? Right. And I think I probably I would say, could. Yeah. I, I think, think so. I probably could. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Well, I, I just, I think it would be fun. And if I can, I used to always run in the morning. I would wake up at like 5.30 in the morning and run three or three miles or five miles or whatever. It, it, it didn't seem like that big of a deal. But now it seems like, how am I going to get myself out of bed to do that? And if I can do that, then maybe I'll start doing it and we'll see what happens in April. But if I can break 2436 10 miles later, 10, 10 years later, yeah. it'll be a victory. And so I'm not running against anyone but the me of 10 years ago, you know? Right. And really what I'm running against is time. I'm running against the idea that I'm getting older and getting closer to dying. <laughs> and, and if I can run 3.1. That's what being 41 is. <laughs> yes, exactly. Welcome to my midwife crisis <laughs> in so many ways. All right. Well, that's the end of another episode. Thank you for listening. We didn't do any advertisements this episode, but that's... Uh, yeah, we did. Lang Ice. Oh, yeah. We got a huge <laughs> shout right. out. Lang and Ice. once again, Lang Ice out of Hammond, Indiana. Find it at your local Strack and Vantel. Or actually, if you're out anywhere else uh, in this area, I really don't know where it's at. But by me, you'll, it's at you'll, Strack. It's, it's worth hunting down. It is worth hunting down. And it'll... Uh, keep you cool if nothing else. All right. Tune in next time for another episode. Thanks. Thanks.